Yeah. Stop. That's what red well, means. Well, it's flashing, so it's like stop. M- stop. Be a lot. ready to stop. Be ready to stop. Right? Yes. Isn't that what a flashing red means? Go ahead and stop. I'm like go ahead. Go ahead and not say it. Go ahead and shut what? up about it. What? That's that- what Michael Scott says. Oh. <laughs> With his, right, notes, with his notes, go ahead and shut up about <laughs> and his it. Rolodex that he yes. used. That's <laughs> <laughs> what was green? Green? No, no, no. Was... It was like he's like he said the thing, but he's like, but it said green. It's like, yeah, green means go ahead and shut up about it. That's right. Or go ahead and don't say it or something like that. That's right. Of course, Michael oh Scott. Gosh. No, wow. no logic. But anyway, no. This actually means we're recording. I lied. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is all part of the pre-roll, yes. and we're gonna get into it then. Oh well, let's do it then. <clears throat> Welcome, everybody, to episode number 67 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we are here to from, to from, Goulet Pens. Here, to, hither to, to four. Hither, here to four, henceforth known as Goulet Pens, to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we are going to talk about our new ink sample vial holder. Heyo, that's back after a year and a half. We're going to talk about my three favorite blue inks. I actually made some choices. It was not easy, but I did it. And I have some backup options too. But anyway, the best pilot custom pen model. People want us to make choices today, Drew. How to get rid of inky fingers. I'm assuming the ink from the fingers, not the fingers themselves. Ooh. But I don't know. Was Leave it, it to you to need clarifying yeah, questions. Try to see that. from all angles. Like, Drew, do I have an over? Does, did someone give me a bunch of fingers that have ink on them, and I need to find a way right. to covertly dispose what do you do of them? With these fingers are these human fingers? <laughs> are they mannequin fingers? Because <laughs> that matters. Anyway, we're still in the intro, um, and we have an open hiring position here at Goulet Pens. So uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, and we got some other fun things too. So, um, yeah, let's do it. Kick it off with some feedback, shall we? Let's do it. All right, first bit of listener feedback comes to us from Michael. And Michael says, uncapping the giant Lamy LX, definitely the acme, the apex, the awesome moment in an already great pen cast. Hats off to Captain Quark, spelling, uh, for requesting that we what we were all dying to see. The reason I like that so much, Brian, is mm-hmm. because it was a silly thing that happened because of a, of a listener, reader, watcher, whatever. And another viewer was like, thank you, that guy, for having them do that silly thing. I just love the whole ridiculous camaraderie of it. It just yeah. really makes me happy. So That's right. That's what we're all and here And yeah, if you are curious to see what a giant decoration of Lamy... Uh, it's like a store display, yeah, Lamy Lux. What yeah. looks like when it's decapitated. And apparently it spurred a debate as to whether it is a cap or not a well, cap. Well, I said it. I said you uncapped it. And you're like, well, it's not... I don't... That's, it's technically it's, not capping anything. I disagree, but there was also... Uh, Equal amount of disagreement in the in the. Uh, I mean, what you were holding was the cap, right? Yeah, it represented the cap of the pen. <laughs> but it but was was it in but itself was it a cap? A cap. <laughs> there was a fixed structure on the bottom of it, so technically, okay. it's not able to. Can, so I guess you just if, de- decapitate. So, well, if it. something sits on top, if it's sitting on top of the body of the pen. Is it still the cap? Like, I guess so, right? Like, does something have to be inside of it to be a cap? <laughs> I don't know. You're coming up with your own. Well, like, there's like, probably- like a like a hat, but your head's like sort of inside, but <laughs> it's sitting on your head. Isn't that what makes it a cap? Yeah. What is a cap? I don't know. What is a cap? How do we really define <laughs> what a cap is? This is the most is? Brian thing you could be doing in this moment. This is what I do, everybody. This is why it's so <laughs> kind of frustrating to be <laughs> what near is me. A cap? <laughs> oh my god! I'm the debater. What can I do? Oh man. Anyway. Uh, one other thing that uh, <laughs> I noticed in the comments last week that I loved 
so much as the nerd inside me started to sing or like the nerd outside of me, wherever I'm, there's, it's not hiding. Mm. Um, there were two references to, remember I mentioned, I said in the comments that it was order, that it was episode number 660 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were comments about it being episode 66. Yes. And uh, do you know what order 66 is? It's a Star Wars reference. You knew that. Joseph talks about it all the time. That's the nice. only reason I know. He's yes. into, literally this morning, he got some like Lego minifigure droid thing Excellent. that he like ordered because he does this now he'll order like specific minifigures because he's doing this like battle scene with different like stormtroopers and whatever amazing. kind of stuff yeah because we got him like he we have this like low dresser type thing dad like the ikea type stack box whatever furniture stuff and i got him those like just big panels of like Lego plates or whatever you call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all on top of his yeah. dresser. So his whole dresser is like a Lego play space. And he's like setting up like a Star Wars battle scene on top of it. Excellent. But he's like, oh, he's a particular kid. Don't know where he gets that from. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he's uh, into getting very specific minifigures to round out his like battle as you scenes. need yeah and, and order realistic. 60 order 66 is something i hear him talk about a lot as i'm kind of like oh yeah okay yeah cool that sounds was, great buddy that was when he doesn't really like that was when the, the clone planet. troopers yeah. were ordered to betray the jedis ah. in one fell swoop one master okay. stroke of okay. evil that turned the tide and changed the galaxy forever gotcha where friends became enemies allies became Villains. So it's like kind of a big deal, I guess. Kind of a big deal. So, uh, okay. yes, last week was uh, Order 66. Okay. Yeah. So I really appreciated that connection that was reached. So does that mean we're like last episode, we're so, like turning well, evil now all of a sudden? At this point, the Clone Wars are over. And now we are oh. uh, the Empire. The reign of the Galactic Empire has begun. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a dark time. It's yeah. a dark time. Is this like a ballpoint pens versus fountain pens somehow kind of situation though, we shall find like the rebels a new hope <laughs> all right your this turn is where like i really wish i like i know star wars but i don't know it deep enough to, you know like, of make star like wars. the deep cut references <laughs> like i normally would want to i just i'm like reaching into the abyss of my brain i'm like it's like nothing there <laughs> like i can't have anything to grab onto i can't bring up a cool reference oh well that's okay that's all good that was like me coming up with fake African wood names last episode. That's right, though that's still very entertaining. Uh, all right, so A22 Lottie said, calling it now, I think Brian's three favorite blues... Oh, we got a call, a shout-out, predicting. Okay, calling it now, I think Brian's three favorite blues are not necessarily in order, Conpecky, Liberty's Elysium, and Blue Water Ice. Well, I'm not going to give a spoiler alert, but you're not that far off. <laughs> it's pretty close. Um, they're definitely all on the list. Like in the list of considerations. In the list of ones that okay. I've made that if you let me talk about more than three, I will definitely mention all three <laughs> oh, of no. those. So it's pretty solid. Uh, Mason says, I can totally relate to the chess story. Talking about teaching my kids chess. My eight-year-old son wanted to learn out of the blue. So we started playing. I also don't hold back, but it's because I know one day he's going to be able to win every time, and he's already beaten me several times. Wow. All right. So I'm trying to get all the wins I can right now because one day I'm not even going to be a challenge for him. I feel that, Mason. I have an update on that front that we'll get to later. We've got two people kind of predicting your topics today. Am I just, am I becoming that predictable? I guess I am. Ah. I do talk about what I do a lot, so it's 
not the weirdest thing. I but... think we're both pretty predictable at this yeah, point. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Predict- predictably unpredictable, maybe, perhaps. I go. don't know. But that's all of our feedback. So speaking of predictable, we're going to go to our next segment now, which is new stuff. Right. Well, speaking of unpredictable, the delivery of our ink sample vial holders has been exactly that. Finally. So after we had a shipment lost, we lost in the ocean we or lost something. Enti- well, so long story short, the history of our vial holders, because I'm sure you're terribly interested. Um, well, we won't give it we, all away, but yeah. the vial holder, for those of you who don't know, it's this like, you know, test tube rack, basically. this like medical grade looking, you know, kind of flimsy, like disposable, whatever. It was just meant as some like convenient thing that you can store ink sample vials in because, you know, some people get a lot of them and it's just easier than like throwing them all in a cardboard box or your desk drawer or whatever. So we're like, that's cool. We'll do that. Well, the previous supplier we were getting it from discontinued them and we tried to get a couple of the replacements and they just didn't look great. And we weren't happy with them. They were more flimsy, more harder flimsy. to assemble. Yeah, people already weren't happy about having to assemble them and some of the quality and stuff. And the ones that we tried to replace them with were even worse. And we were just like, well, we're going to design our own. We're going to like go out, do it all from scratch. We did that, ordered it. And this was all like during kind of while COVID stuff was happening yeah. and supply chain stuff was a disaster. Right when it started getting really bad. Yeah. As it was all, the world was crumbling and supply chain was awful. And uh, we literally, we ordered it. It got held up in a port in Long Beach for Paid for forever. It. And then they just lost it and we never got it back. So we had to eat the entire shipment and basically order them again and hope that they made it this time. And they did. Yay. So we have them again. It's just been so long that people have probably forgotten what they even are. Anyway, we have them now. Go check them out on the site. We'll be talking about them a little more in depth later in this episode. Uh, But they're much higher quality, specifically designed by us for the purpose of storing ink vials. And you do not have to assemble them. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, check that out. We have them now. 18 bucks on our site. A little more expensive, but they're so much higher quality. Uh, And we have another pen that's exciting, though it's not a fountain pen. One of the few acceptable rollerball pens that we will carry, Retro 51. We have an exclusive. So it harkens back. Ooh, a harkening. It harkens back Mm. to a previous exclusive that we did, Santa Jaws, which was a favorite. You and I both owned that sweater, Drew, that was the catalyst for this design. And uh, we decided to make it into a rollerball version for Christmas this year. So should be fun. I should say for winter season. It's a winter season pen. I mean, it is a, a Santa ho- yeah, holiday sweater. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But around that time of year, wintery, whatever holiday season. Anyway, we're doing limited edition 500 pens and that's it. And uh, yeah, we got them pretty sweet. So you can check them out. If all goes to plan, we'll have launched them by the time this video goes out. But if not, then they're coming soon. But anyway, we'll have them 5250. Go check them out. Once they're gone, they're gone. That's all I got, Drew. What about Very you? Very exciting. Well, I, in my hands, received a few new sailor pens this week to Ooh. inspect. Okay. And uh, I realized upon opening them, like, oh, yeah, these are the um, Christmas spice pens. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, large king of pens, orange, mm. and then, you know, mm. a slightly less large sailor pro gear yeah um orange and then i'm like okay well let me look at the you know and they i'm like okay cool they, these look nice these look nice yeah, yeah but being the diligent employee that i am brian i needed to thoroughly uh-huh. inspect all of them so i got okay, to the yes. pro gear uh slim yeah and opened it up and holiday cheer and joy <laughs> and magic just emanated forth wow. in, in, in a blanket of warmth and 
gleefulness. Did it kind of like turn foggy, like turn, turn like kind of frosty around yes, your vision? Exactly. And exactly. Like, like the, the scent, glitter the, the scent of like, the scent of pine <laughs> was in the air. Uh, like, like, okay. like, like the chest from Pulp Fiction with the gold coming yeah. out. And I realized this was not just the, the orange spice pen of the other two. Okay. This Pro Gear Slim has its own thing and it's called Christmas pudding christmas pudding yes and it's a brown barrel with a light brown section and a green sparkly cap yeah and it is it's an amazing it's it's a fully immersed christmas pudding so you've got pen yes i could not i could not have put this pen together like i don't know how they keep doing this to me it's like the brown of like the wood the green of the leaves and mm. then a tiny little hint of red on the finial for yeah. like a, a a holly berry or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it does and look like that. It just I I was so I've been putting some money aside for the uh, Sailor uh, Pro Gear Slim, um, the uh, Shikiori, I think the the uh-huh. nuts one with the acorn yeah. on the finial. Yeah, something like that. That's my pen. But then this yeah. one showed up, man. And I'm telling you, this is this has superseded it in my in my quest. Wow. This is now this is now number one. And, I, I must have it. Wow. Must have it. That's. And you, 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 you were not immediately wowed by this pen. Well, okay. So context: the first time I saw this pen, I was in my office yesterday working on stuff. Glenn, our photographer, brings the pen to me, and he's like, got this befuddled look on his face. <laughs> and I'm like, what's what's going on, man? He's like, is this pen brown or purple? He's like, I feel like I'm going crazy because it's like color shifting on me. And so I'm I'm like, well, let me take a look at it because this this happens sometimes. We get colors mm. that are pretty borderline. Sailor does that too. Like that's kind oh, of absolutely. A Sailor, thing. Sailor loves to walk that line. So this is not his first rodeo All having right. to decide like because we have to you know essentially when we categorize these pens on the site we have to determine what we color do we call yeah. it and we got to do like a swatch to represent the color of this pen i didn't i literally didn't need advice for him i was like good luck with the swatch i don't know what you're going to do on this one but whatever so yeah he brought it to me and i was like yeah it does kind of it does look brown and then i i was like well let me put it over in the sunlight and it was like boom now it's purple and it's like it like completely changes its color based mm-hmm. on the lighting which is cool like i think it's a cool thing but you just got to got to be aware that that's how it do- that's how it does Interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, I ultimately couldn't, I, I said it's kind of more of a brown, mm-hmm. especially because like, I know that's like what they're going for. Yeah, like, definitely going and stuff for like brown. That. And I think like most people, when you say purple, they have like more of a real like purple, not, this yeah. is like a super dark, like plum. Well, some wood can have a burgundy kind of hint to it, I think. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, it's just one of those, one of those pens that like can wig you out in terms of its There's colors. a whole lot going on. There's, there's a, definitely a whole lot going on. There's a lot on. happening. And then it's like, so that was the context was like, he brought it to me and Did I was like, you out a little what bit? is up with this color? And then I would like, I, I didn't, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't like study this pen before we got it. So I was like opening it up and I was like, what is happening? It surprised all me. All these colors. I was expecting another orange one. I, I like, I saw the names. I thought I, I'd yeah. seen the screenshots, but I thought all three of them were going to be orange. So this oh, one really, okay. yeah, it really. So it kind of surprised us both a little did, bit. It did, it yeah. did. Me in a very different way than you, though. <laughs> I mean, me, I you was were just befuddled. Like, I, I was, I was, I was a little befuddled. elated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But hey, look, these do that sometimes, they right? Do. Like, it that's, do the be thing, like that. that's the thing with these, like, mixture of colors pens is some people will be like, what is happening with this thing? It doesn't even make sense in my brain. And then other people are like, this pen speaks to my soul and represents who I am as a human uh, and this is uh, your jam. So, yeah. And you don't have a sailor pen yet, so this will be your first. I have one. I have sailor pens. They were, oh, they were just okay, I haven't gotcha. actually paid for a sailor. I've, I've traded oh, them. I have two 1911s, oh, which isn't even my favorite model. I like the right. Pro Gear. You like those flat but, tops, yeah. But but I've I've traded, and I'm like, all right, well, I can't okay. say no to these. So you haven't like 
like intentionally like chosen They've both been like pre-owned. Your, yes, exactly. Your own sailor pen. Yes. Okay, I got you. I got you. Very good. Cool. 100%. So I'm Good deal. That's pretty exciting. Grab it. Cool. Well, we have those, so you should go check them out on the site. Anyway. But don't buy all of them cuz I still need one, so just <laughs> give Drew a wait, couple of Wait days. for me. <laughs> That's right. No, I'm seriously go for that. Sorry. Yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out. All right. Uh, or you should buy it now and then upsell it on eBay later when Drew wants it if he can't get it. I'm just kidding. Don't tell them don't, that. Don't do that. You'll probably have a chance to get it before this goes out. So anyway, no. All right, cool. Uh, that's what we got for new stuff. Be sure to check more on our site. We have new arrivals coming soon. All kinds of stuff that you can check out all the time. And this is the season where new stuff is happening. So without further ado, let's cue some A's or A's and Q's. I yes. Guess, shall we? All of it. All right, Drew. We're condensing it a little bit this week, right? We are. Just doing so, Trace. Yeah, we're doubling up. We're doing this week and next week in one filming. So there's going to be two shorter pen casts instead of one long one and then one of nothing. Yes. One of nothing? What do you mean? One like zero nothing? pen cast. Like one one normal pen cast and zero pen cast. We're going to do two little oh, ones. instead of doing, yeah, instead of doing a two-hour one and then there nothing. Was so many better ways I could have said that. Yeah. I just, well, I'm still... <laughs> I still can't make sense of that sailor pen in my brain. <laughs> I'm just like, what are these colors? How do they get put together? Who did this? Uh, anyway, so let's kick it off with a question. Shall we, Drew? Yes. Oh, this yeah. One's Great. The from, blue. Yes, yeah. here we go. Well, this Brian, is it. This choices. is the one you've been waiting okay. for. All right. From Boston Welch. Brian, mm. specifically for you. Can okay. you choose your top three favorite blue inks since okay. you are a blue ink connoisseur? Drew, I can definitively answer this question. No, you. Oh, yes. By saying it depends. Yes, I can. can you cho- oh, choose God. my top three favorite blue That's inks. Not- Next technically, question. That is what he asked. Okay, that golly. is technical. Yeah. This is what you do. You can't leave it up to him, people. No, you can't leave it up to him. I play, it has to be airtight. I will play mental chess with you. You know what? You I will play you chess would be with your words. You would be a really good person to uh, rub a magic lamp and have a genie because that genie would not be able to pull one over on you. You would be very... I would be good as the rubber, is what you're saying? The rubber That's of the lamp? That's not what I wanted to say at okay. all, but sure. <laughs> right? Not the rubby. <laughs> the way you were setting that question up made it sound like no. I would, I, I would no one's make rubbing like a anybody. good genie. I'm saying that you, know. you with your affection for clarifying questions, yeah. I think that uh, if there was a malevolent, a malevolent genie that wished to kind of catch you... Oh, yeah. If I was, I, if I was in Aladdin's shoes, and I'm going back to like the Disney, like yeah. OG, you know, not the, not the new yeah. like live action one, but You'd the, be okay. the cartoon one, I would have some questions for the genie. Yeah. He'd be like, I got some rules. And I'd be like, can we get some clarity on these rules? Because exactly, I want yeah. to... Uh, you would be them. like, like you'd say, you could say, oh, I want to live forever. And then genie would be like, okay, well, here, you're now a hydrogen atom. You're like, no, you right? know, you'd be like, all right, I want to live forever, but in my current form, I don't want to age. Yeah. I'm like, you got to be specific. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like there could be room for interpretation. You could get some unintended consequences. I think you'd get it. Anyway. I will say when Aladdin did the whole thing, he's like, well, I technically didn't ask to be saved. Oh yeah. You would do that. That's what Ellie does to me and Rachel every day. That is just like how she acts with us. It's always like. Like loopholes and little mental traps and things like that, all like well intended mm. for the most part. But this is like ever since this girl like has been the age of consciousness, I've been like, we got to teach this girl to harness her powers for good. Exactly. Because I was just about like, to say. I was about to she say. Could hopefully, she be, never uses her powers for evil. She could either be like a world leader or she could be like a supervillain. Oh my and god! I don't know it's going to be anyone. Sometimes in it's the same thing, but we won't go there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Blueies. Okay. Yeah. So I actually answered the question, right? Okay. So. Um, so just to clarify, just clarifying, I'm not trying to like say it depends or skirts or whatever. Um, 
clarifying what I dis- what I chose as blue is just like what we have as categorized on blue on our site. Good. So I just wanted clear parameters rules. because I have a lot of turquoise inks, like teal inks that I really like too. Right. But we have those as a separate swatch on our site. So I did not include anything that was a, a, like a turquoise ink. I just Good. went with straight up blues. That okay? makes sense. Still a wide range of colors within that category, right? Okay. Um, so I did have water, Robert Oster, Blue Water Ice on there. So that was, as, that was one that as uh, our, yep, as our friend here, which is, um, yes, A2, A22 Lati said, so you got that one. You nailed that one on its head. So the next one I had was sort of a three-way tie, and I need to explain myself. If, I, if you want me to truly choose, I will just definitely choose. That would be Noodler's Liberty's Elysium. Okay, and then now give us your backups. But and why. basically, Noodler's Liberty's Elysium, Noodler's Blue, they are really identical in color. It's just the properties are slightly mm. different. I don't often need the like permanent properties of Liberty's Elysium. So I will often use Noodler's Blue. And that was the original color that inspired kind of the catalyst for Liberty's Elysium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Liberty's Elysium, it's exclusive to us. You know, we've got history with it. So that one is like more personally meaningful to me. But Pilot Orochizuku Konpeki, really, really similar in color too. I love that. I really like the packaging, like the bottle design of that much better. But in terms of just like the ink itself, it's really, it's really so close yeah. that I could, I could really do, do a three-way tie of any of these. But I, I think Liberty's Elysium just because of the significance. All right. So we got Blue Water, Ice, Elysium, and... And the last one I had was kind of tough because, you know, I, um, I have a lot of them that are like kind of in the same vein. But I, I went with Diamine Blue Velvet. Ooh. Yeah. It's a little bit darker. And again, it's not it that is. much darker. Like these really are all fairly similar blues. But it makes them hard to choose. But Blue Velvet is super saturated. I love Blue Velvet. Very dark. And and what really edged it out for me, because I was really debating between that one and Monteverde Horizon Blue. Oh my God. Which is very close in color. That one they're is almost, so good. They're almost they're indistinguishable, both. but the bottle of Blue Velvet is so much more attractive. Is that one of the one of the little, the, the, it's the like pie a, slice? The pie slice yeah. one, yeah. It just I looks like so much cooler than the Monteverde bottles. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Monteverde bottles are higher volume and stuff like that. So, like, you know, I think so if I had to choose just three solid answer, I'd go Blue Water, Ice, Liberty's Elysium, that is amazing. I can make choices, folks. I can make choices. That is that is really not yeah. only that, but this is like a really tough choice. Like yeah. there's a lot out there. But I mean, I could also change my opinion 10 minutes from now and feel totally, totally comfortable with that. So I've, I've don't hold me to this. Don't, don't don't look at this video like 2 years ago and be like, "Brian, you said that these were your three favorite and blah 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 blah." Oh yeah, not no. that anybody does that, but you know. I when I was picking like uh <laughs> A favorite ink in every color for that one video. Yeah. I, I even mentioned at the end, like I will probably change my mind. In a You're like, months. this is like, just my favorite inks as of when I drafted this video. Right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's totally fine, and I'd be willing to bet most of our pen friends out there yeah. do the same thing. But the more important thing is if you look at what these, all, really all of these colors, what they actually look like. We'll pull them up on the screen here, but they're not that different from each other. They're all pretty much just Goulet blue. Yeah, that is just by far my favorite blue color, and you know, I just really enjoy that. There we so. go. Um, I, I kind of, I started off like when I first got into fountain pens using mm-hmm. a lot of that type of blue. Yeah. Like, and I feel like I used it for years cause it is so, so pretty. Oh yeah. And I feel like I used them so much, mm. uh, that I kind of just got tired of them and I haven't really I gone back to a pure blue in years. What you're talking about here. It's been a long time since I've inked up a pen and just kind of a classic blue. Really? It has. Wow. Um, 
Pretty sure that's the last color that I put in my pen. Was, I mean, the last like three or four colors, I think, were probably in this glass. I just feel <laughs> like I've gotten a little bit more um, adventurous in trying out shades that I wouldn't normally try out. But when I that's first, true, the, true. the first, um, the first blue I really fell in love with was Diamond Majestic Blue. That's a good one. Um, that, that was, was like, like that was in heavy consideration. Yeah, for me. that was like yeah. the first one I really, really started to like. And then I, when I kind of, I liked how dark it was, and I moved a little bit darker. And Noodler's Navy was a thing that I would in- get inked yeah, up. Yeah, you've a always lot. been very pro Navy. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that one. And then I got into blue be, blacks. And to stuff. be fair, I think that Navy is like probably a more in general like work appropriate ink, if you will. It's like closer to more of a dark blue that I think would not stand out quite as much if you were using it as some of these other ones. When we were writing notes a lot mm. on air. Every single invoice we'd send out, I used a lot of Noodler's Navy because it was quick to write. Okay. Um, yeah, I it could write it yeah, really it fast. Quick and yeah, yeah, okay. um, oh, yeah. The short. name is short. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. that also had something to do with it. But yeah, anyway. you didn't want to use like Private Reserve DC oh. Super Show Blue. No. No, no, no. You're like, no, that takes forever. No, but actually <laughs> recently, um, and because I haven't used uh, Navy in a long, long time, but recently I've been more into more muted blues, and Robert okay. Alster Thunderstorm has been one that mm. I discovered last year, and I've re-inked up a pen with that, which okay. is not something I, I do. Normally I try different stuff, but I've gone back to Thunderstorm twice, so okay. it's okay. kind of a big deal. So nice. I've, been, I've been more into the lighter, less saturated blues. Yeah. So yeah. I will. I will go to less saturated blues – and I appreciate them for what they are. So like I'll use them and I'll be like, okay, yeah, this is kind of nice. You know, and it's the kind of thing that like, you know, if you like watch a show that you don't normally watch, if you have like one show that you always go to or one game you always play or one, you know, wine you always drink or food you like to eat or whatever. And you're kind of like, let me, let me mix it up. And you go and you're like, yeah, this different thing is kind of good. And then you go back to the other thing and you're like, oh, this is so much better. Like this is just, <laughs> no, forget that other new thing. You always find like, your way home. This is what these blues are for me. Like this like cobalt blue that i'm like these other blues i'm like yeah i really appreciate these are these are really nice i see why people like them and i go back to like you know noodler's blue or something i'm like oh this is the best like nothing tops this i was so surprised when you made that thing out of rubik's cubes yeah how close that blue was to your blue that was like really surprising because rubik's cubes like they could be any shade of any of the yeah they're usually not quite that vibrant yeah Yeah, so yeah pretty solid all right no accident my friend no okay no accident Wait, you didn't know that it was going to be the right shade, though, did you? Well, so the, so this specifically, what I bought here, they're like mini cubes. Yeah. And I actually bought them in a set. Like, it's a mosaic set right. uh, that was, like, brand new. And I actually pre-ordered that. So I knew I wanted to do a mosaic for this set here. But it just so happened. I mean, I definitely noticed that, like, oh, I was like, that color is going to be, like, spot on. Like, oh, the so white's you going the color be like before you decided bright. to do that? Well, I knew I wanted to do a mosaic. And actually, if you, I don't know if you recall, but I actually bought a mini mosaic with like a YouTube play button kind of yeah, thing yeah, before yeah. COVID hit and all that stuff. So I was already going to do that, but it was like really muted colors. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, like it's something. But then I knew I wanted to do another one. And when I saw this set come out and it, I saw how vibrant the colors were, I was like, oh, this is definitely happening. Nice. So yeah. So it's not the reason I bought it, but it was definitely a, a huge bonus. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All, All right. right. Next question. This is from Shivan Iwanajara. Uh, which is the best custom pilot pen in your opinion? Opinion. With your op- oh, uh, you said that, not me. I know. Mr. All doesn't right. like dad jokes. It's if they're natural, it's fine. They're always if, natural. No, no, no. Joe. If it's a setup. If they're coming from a dad. No, no, no. Then it's a natural If it's like, joke. hey, what do you call a blah, 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 blah. Like, no, don't give me that. 
Is it, it like the one that I did the other day? Oh my after God. The last no, that one. I'm so upset because right after we finished the recording, I just, just gobsmacked Drew. You really did. I fell with, over. I, I fell totally, on the ground. Totally. Like, I don't remember what episode it was when I talked about the limbo bar yeah. with my kids yeah. and I set you up with that one and you just like, it smacked you in well, the that, face. Yeah. It was like that again, but with a different joke, but yeah. it didn't happen on film. And I'm like, dang it. Yeah. I can't replicate that because it happened so naturally. And that one, see, Drew, the other one was a setup. I knew I was going to do it. I put it in the notes uh, so no, no. that I would, I would tee that up. Last this week, one was completely impromptu. That, that's why it, it slammed me so hard. Like yeah. I just, oh my God. As just, it was happening, and I can't go into great detail about it. But basically, oh, I can tell. I'll tell the joke. I won't give all the details because yeah, I want to yeah, talk yeah. about. Well, like, I just mentioned some, how some somebody, somebody being in the Norwegian Navy. Navy, yeah. And you're like, hey, you know something, which like is never something you're no, going to hear like, why, in your why? daily life. So Drew tees it up, and I'm like, oh my god, I have the opportunity to do this joke on him. Like I recognize it immediately, and I was like, I can't get too excited, or he's going to see that there's a joke coming. Yeah. So I said something about the Norwegian Navy, and and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I was like, actually, did you know that? In the Navy, like in the Norwegian Navy, they put barcodes on the side of their ships. And then I'm like, oh, God, why in the world do you know such like, a random fact about the Norwegian that? Navy? Like, how do you have that in your head? Yeah. Oh, and I God. was like, yeah, that's so that they can Scandinavian when they come into port. Yeah. <laughs> and just to see the life force drain from how his face. How he had that in his brain so quick. Like, I can't, like I'm going to just chamber that until someone says something it's, about it's the Norwegian a, Navy. It's truly a gift. What it is is it's years of conditioning because my kids pull this kind of stuff on me. Man. And so I'm like constantly thinking of like, I'm like, I just have like a ro- RoboCop where it's like, as certain people in my life are talking, I'm like, where can I slip in a stupid joke? Where can I slip in a stupid joke? You know? I just and was not just ready like, for that at all. It came out of nowhere. I'm so and, proud of myself. Like, so proud of myself. I seriously, I, right over there, I, I fell over. It was like because a, he was literally standing up right after he turned off the camera. I was like, oh, I wish we'd gotten that. Anyway, that's fun. What are we doing? We're I don't doing know, I'm already emotionally exhausted. Oh, all right. So custom best pen. custom pen. Opinion. All right. Um, I thought about this a lot and I didn't want to be hmm. just like, what do I think is the coolest? But I, I did. It I is s- in your opinion. So I, settled, I settled on what I do think is the coolest and that's the custom 912. So the custom really? 912. Really? That one? It is. Okay. So, the 823, I don't like – it is fragile. We, we covered that in a previous episode. I would call it fragile. It cracks more than any other custom pen. But it's not like it cracks all the time. No, it doesn't. But if it is – you are messing it, with it. It is the mo- most fragile of all the custom pens. It cracks the most. I guess. Um, it, I know. You're not, it's not saying a whole lot. But anyway, yeah. okay. I, can't, I can't. for that reason, I can't say it's the best. It's also, only brown one though, Drew. What it's about harder, your, it's harder to clean. represent your brown brethren I here. Know, I know. I know. But Are you betraying The custom brown? 74 is too thin and small. The uh, what and the wait, uh, and what the, the one thin and small the the that pen is long the nine thing is not small the nine twelve is larger right it's on this yeah it is it it's, is okay it's, true compared to all the other custom pens the seventy four is on the smaller end it's it not is. the smallest that's what that's what I'm talking about we're, we're talking the about the custom pen I would not call it objectively it also has thin the ob- small the obnoxious ball clip which you know how I feel about all right, those well that's just your Get that, ball that out is of your here. opinion okay no, your opinion take it out. Fine. Um, so the 912, you've got the cool clip, flat tops, which I'm all about. The clip is cool. The thing it's lacking is color. It has, like in the U.S., it's just black. jack for color. That's so it. the Custom 74 definitely wins in that category Darn for right sure. It does. So Beats the pants off Calm it. down, Brian. Yeah, all right. You'll have, your, you'll yeah, have your turn. My 74. You'll have your turn, buddy. I chose the 74, by the way, yeah, in case you didn't you notice. Say. Anyway, okay. cool clip, flat ends, nib sizes, Brian. 
Custom fair, right. custom seventy four right. can't hold I a candle. I will give to, you that. You've got I will give all you the nib sizes you need on the on the nine twelve. Okay, um, that, and it can no fit question. the obnoxious con seventy if you want it to. So oh, not can fit, Drew. That's guess, what comes on the pen. Yeah, I guess all that the all is the, made for all the, it. Nearly it's all the custom a marriage. Pens, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all the custom mm-hmm. pens. Well, the not the twenty three, obviously, or the heritage, 92. not the ninety two. Yeah. Anyway, I've said that like three times. <laughs> I go for the nine twelve. I like it. I think it's a lot of it, it's solid bang for your buck, especially if you get one of the more interesting nibs like the FA or the PO or the um, Waverly or the course. You find you find the courses unique on the unique side. Yeah, it's like writing with a friggin' like triple broad hose. Yeah. yeah, it's so friggin' wet. So I, I will I will go with that one. However, I will mm-hmm. also say that the eight forty five in Vermilion is very very nice. That's nice. I really really like one. that one. But I think that the nine twelve is a little bit more practical and has a wider yeah. variety in terms of writing performance goes. Fair enough. Now, how do you feel about the seventy four, Brian? I don't disagree with anything that you said, except that really the custom seventy four is thin and small comparatively. You didn't say comparatively. You just said we're talking about the, the customs. It's so thin and small. The question implies comparisons, sir. Well, I, I I categorize it into two different things. Since you mentioned multiple pens, I will also mention multiple pens. No price limit. I would choose the custom Yurushi, the big chonker that is a big chonker. massive one the nib is beautiful it is beautiful yeah. it's huge mm-hmm. it's that yukari royale size nib the number 30 mm-hmm. which is huge it's basically like a number eight size so all the everything Yobo. you said is just like how huge it is so that, that that's the big selling like well huge. that's the okay i do like a huge pen yeah that one is good <laughs> and it's also it's got yurushi obviously does that make it the best the though well, I, I this is my opinion. Okay, I'm not objectively saying it's okay. the best. I'm saying it's it's awesome. Uh, so the nib is beautiful, the design of it and huge. It's it's not just a bigger <laughs> nib of the other ones. It is a slightly different design itself. So it just like aesthetically looks more elaborate and beautiful. And it's yeah, two tone. Well, normally nibs that size have the Mount Fuji stuff on it because it's Correct. like usually yeah, the so they're a little bit well, more basic looking. It's the only pilot that I know that we have that. Has a number thirty size nib, yeah, and the pilot it's nibs, normally only on the Mikis. The pilot nibs are definitely more detailed with the scroll work and everything yeah, like that, and the two tone, which you don't always see. Oh, you're right. You usually only see the two tone nibs on like the anniversary edition pens. You're right. So just so because the eight forty five doesn't have two tone, does it? I don't remember, but we could look it up real quick. I, I think the eight forty five is a little bit more practical than the customer Rushi. It's kind of like oh, it's for most brother. people, for most people, yeah. for sure. So the custom eight forty five. That is two-tone, yeah. Oh, good, okay. Two-tone. Okay, we'll see. I'll, I'll so you still... got the gold on the outside two-tone going on on the custom yeah. 845. Um, and then if I go custom Yurushi, that one is just a beast. This one is in Vermilion too, Drew. Oh, I know, I know. Okay, so it's similar two-tone design with the gold on the outside. Yeah. But it's just bigger and there's like more elaborate stuff happening in the middle. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's really, really large... But it's not super heavy. So it's a great, like it's a super comfortable writer. Mm-hmm. So I think even for people that generally don't like big pens, I think most people that don't like big pens is because they're usually very heavy. That's true. This pen is not heavy. It is a very comfortable writer. I've written so, with one one time and it was yeah. pretty darn magnificent. And yeah, Pilot's nibs are great. And the bigger they get, the greater they are. Do you have opinion. a vermilion pen of any kind? I do not have a vermilion pen. Why not? 
it just do you well, like first off, at all? Oh my gosh, Drew. <laughs> what is this? What a troll! <laughs> gosh, no, I gaslighting feel, me over I here. I feel like you should have one, don't Jeez. you, Drew? Don't you, you feel know. like you deserve one? All right, this is a fourteen hundred dollar pen. You well, get know, the eight forty five, the eight forty five, the little not, brother. I am not the holdup from me owning one of these pens at this point. You know that <laughs> for sure. Um, no, the Vermilion is great. The black one is great. They both look really good. The Vermilion one is, I think, more unique. So that's where I'd be more inclined. All I right, you see, and Rachel, so don't... we have not. Okay, we only have the broad in stock. Perfect. Which would actually be pretty great. There you go. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, the reason I don't have part of the reason that we don't I don't have a Vermilion pen is because like I'm for years we have not had stock of any Vermilion pens. It's like super rare for us to even have them. So you and Rachel don't often do Christmas presents for each other, right? No, I say this is the year to cash them all in. Five (laughs) years of no presents. You know what, honey? I've decided I actually have something I want this year. Wow, is that what I'm? All we need to do is just write it off. Oh, but Drew, then she's gonna like come back with something she wants too. Like Like, that's how it works, right? Forty Twisby Ecos. (laughs) She already has that. (laughs) She already has that. I already. They're all. They all need to be cleaned too. nightmare not really but she does have a bunch of them um anyway so that pen price was no object i mean that pen is fantastic um but like i don't even i don't even own one of those right and i am just have to be like hey brian you should uh you should probably get one of those and be like okay you know i'm like pretty easy to sell on keeping any pen but um yeah this one in particular is still i got to think about pens in that price range but the ones i don't have to think about very much is the custom 74 and that's just my old standby it's almost synonymous with me just because I have talked about it so much over the years, but I don't know. The, I So, okay, I'll give you, in terms of the Custom 74, it's it's weird. I love the way the pen writes. I do love the Con 70 converter, even though you don't, which I, doesn't make sense in my brain. I mean, it's a... The feed is great because you don't have to completely dip the pen like all the way up to the grip it's got the feed it's got the little like filler hole that's sucker close to the yeah, yeah yeah exactly little anteater feed um which other pilot pens have too but you know that one has it so i do love that compared to like other other pens uh outside of pilot so i've always i've loved that but it was like it was like it was my first gold nib pen mm-hmm. and it was like i've had other pens where it was like my first of some category or genre or whatever and it was like oh okay like that was my first but it's not like my favorite i found other better ones now that pen was a very solid introduction into a golden pen for me that was where it like things started to click and i was like oh was it a medium medium yeah yeah even though i probably like over the years have made it a little more of a medium broad mm. just because i i'm a heavy hand writer and you know, I want to see that like blue ink in the paint, you know, so I like probably push that one a little further. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I just love, I love it. And it's like super sentimental at this point because it was, uh, gosh, that pen now would be that original blue one I have. That would be 12 years old probably at this point. And exact same dang pen is coming off the Going like production line. And mm-hmm. so many people have it. So many people love it. I can't tell you how many people have written me and been like, Wow, I've heard you talk about this pen for years, and I got it, and I was not disappointed. It's everything you said it would be. So, I don't know. That would be it for me. But, you know, the custom year she Vermillion would be pretty solid. I would ask Rachel for it on camera, but she definitely doesn't watch these pen casts. So, <laughs> how could you? They're so long. Anyway, I mean, y'all are, but you know what I mean. Rachel doesn't have time for that. She has to hear me, like, 
in real life all the time. Can you imagine dealing with this and all this nonsense around like normal everyday things? It's exhausting for her. I'm sure it's the other way with Shannon for you, right? Oh, absolutely. Like to deal with you around regular things. Because we're like doing a shtick here a little bit. Like this is our personality, but we're like, you know, playing to the playing to the theme here. But like this, yeah. Yeah. But when you like, you know, need to mail in your like tax paperwork and like there's laundry to put away and you're getting like dad jokes, Rachel's not really like wanting that. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I bring it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Next question, shall we? Yes, we did we shall. answer that one thoroughly? I think we did. I think we, I think we did. That wasn't even All my right. question. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got uh, Tom Boplo. Oh yeah. And Tom asks hmm. how to get rid of inky fingers. Hmm. Not 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 severed fingers. You I was gonna say we need to clarify. If you want, if you what want, type of fingers we if have? If you want here. to turn inky fingers into clean fingers, are they chicken what? fingers? Are uh, they? Let's assume Homo sapiens. Lady fingers. Oh, tiramisu. You know. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. Oh, tiramisu, that is oh, so that good. Is good. Mm. Wow. Anyway, uh, yes. I'm feeling very snacky. I had, lunch, I had lunch right before we recorded this, so now I'm like, yes, I'm- I got oh, I got the, the pumpkins left. The pumpkins are just so much. There's, you've got There's some regular so ones down in there. Yeah, I'm going to eat the regular ones first. <laughs> Truth be told. Candy corn. A little deep dive for you all. Oh, good. Uh, or a deep cut, I guess. Uh, the candy corn that I dropped on the floor <laughs> during the pencast last week. He found it. I found it. And I was like, ooh, candy corn. And it was one of the chocolate ones. And I just picked it up off the floor. Yeah. And, and I, I just it. I just watched the pen cast because I was cutting out a little section of it for I Instagram. Ate it and I was, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you dropped that last week. Remember? I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. I bet it's still good. Tastes the ate same. It. Tastes exactly the same. What's the difference? It was sitting on the floor versus, you know. It's not like anybody's coming back here. Nope. You know, it's all my happenings over here. It is here. your happenings. It's my area. Whatever. It's all good. I'm sure it's gross to some of you. I'm sorry. But anyway. Um, what? Inky Inky fingers. fingers. Okay. Um, so for me to get serious, uh, I don't really sweat it that much. I mean, I'm in a different situation maybe, but I don't like, you know, if I get ink all over my hands, I'm like, oh, I have inky hands. I might like wash my hands. I mean, yeah, it happens every day. So yeah, I guess it happens more with us. I've stopped worrying about it. Yeah. I mean, some people it's more, it's a bigger deal. Like I can understand if I was like a lawyer going like to court in front of a judge and I had like red ink all over my hands like maybe that wouldn't be so great um but i don't know i think that uh there's not as many people that i hear that are like taking extremes to like get ink off their hands anymore i don't know it was a bigger deal i feel like 10 years ago when people were asking like oh my gosh there's ink on my hands i have to get all of it off and now it's like oh whatever just tell people oh yeah use fountain pens okay yeah and it's like oh that's interesting you know it could be a conversation starter so for me i'm like i don't really sweat it that much i guess some of it is like i just Whatever. It happens. It goes away. It washes off like quickly enough, just naturally like, oh, the next few times I like go to the bathroom or wash my hands or whatever. Yeah, usually for me, it might, it, might, it might last a day Yeah, at most. So I kind of wear it with pride. Um, I've done that before where I've like spilled ink all over my hands on video and it's like, okay, well, haha, this is what we do. Um, but basically soap and water helps. Uh, the quicker, the better. I will say that. So if you like get ink all over your hands and you like leave it on there and it kind of dries up and then you wash your hands, it's not as good as if you like get ink on your hands and you're like, say you're filling it and you're like, at your kitchen, your kitchen counter or something like that. And there's a sink right there or you're like your whatever in your office near your bathroom. Um, you know, you get ink on your fingers like, oh, shoot. OK, if you go and wash it off like right away, that alone will take care of like most of it. So quickness helps. Um, dish soap, if you don't want to you know, go a little more aggressive than hand soap, because dish soap has more like degreaser in it. So that can often be helpful. 
Um, I find that's helpful. Um, with certain inks, and I can't say definitively like which ones work better, but it's just something else you can try, shampoo or hand sanitizer. Um, because they have some like different chemicals in them. Hand sanitizer I've, I have used. Yeah, yeah. So I've also those, used hand sanitizer to clean ink off surfaces. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, that'll totally work. Um, surfaces, you know, depending on what the surface is, can be a host of different like chemicals and stuff that you can use that are maybe more helpful. But um, uh, degreasing soaps, um, like they make for mechanics, you know, stuff that have like pumice in it. So things like lava soap, the Gojo like orange stuff. The Zep Cherry Bomb, that's the stuff we got a big, you know, the stuff that's like in a big pump and it's like, you know, feels really gritty. Yeah. That stuff, it's not like super aggressive in terms of its chemical nature, uh, but that that pumice can help to like, you know, get the the harder to, you know, the more grabby parts of the ink off your fingers. So we keep that, we keep the Cherry Bomb stuff and it smells really good too. We keep that over by our pen cleaning station here at work and that stuff helps a lot when you get ink on your fingers. I find I get more ink on my fingers when cleaning pens yes. by far than I do inking them. For me, it's always – I never get ink directly on my fingers. It's always me using a paper towel to, like, oh, wipe yeah. off nibs and stuff like that. If I'm, yeah. if I'm testing nibs and I'm, like – or mm-hmm. testing inks and I'm, like, wiping off a glass pen, yeah. the ink seeps through. So my fingers get just this – not not a concentration of ink, but a big, wide – Like a wash of very, ink. Yeah, yeah, very mm-hmm. subdued wash, but, like, yeah. in a – like all over two fingers just because it it soaks all the way through and me like when i clean because you know i'm a i'm a deep cleaner so when all my pens will be dried off they'll be nasty i'll clean them in a group you know so i usually look like i've strangled some kind of ink creature by the time i'm done cleaning my pens there's like a rainbow of stuff i don't know what that means but so anyway um Honestly, this is about as aggressive as I go yeah. when it comes to cleaning ink off my hands. You can get more specialty cleaners. Um, some of the specialty ink cleaners that I've seen, we've we've been asked about some of these here and there over the years. Most of the time, the more aggressive cleaners that we get asked about are for cleaning it out of like clothing or carpet or like non-human surfaces. You know what I mean? Um, Amodex is one thing I've heard about that can work pretty well. I think you can get that like at most drugstores. So it's never really made sense for us to stock it because it's, it's pretty readily available. I believe it's like a milk based, like a casein based product too. Mm. So it's like somewhat of a more natural product. Um, it's good for clothing. I think, um, ink nicks is another one I used to hear more about. We, we like briefly tried to like find a supplier and it just like wasn't clear I totally like forgot about that but who yeah. makes it or whatever i haven't heard much about it i've recently. never used it either i've never used it so i don't know i'm kind of curious a little bit of like a you know do y'all have any other like out there in youtube land have any uh or podcast land um do y'all have any advice about uh other things that you've used whether it's just like typical household objects or things like that, like the shampoo, hand sanitizer thing. Like maybe that's not something most people would have thought of. Um, or is there some like specialty product that you know about that you're like, oh, this is like the thing that everybody should know about? Because uh, we would like to know about that. Anyway, what about you, Drew? You got any other advice? No. Nope. You Pretty covered it all. all? Yep. Per- just perfection. Perfection yep. through words. You know you know what we do around here. Yeah. That's it. We're doing the same things with yep. the same things. So eloquent. Uh, anyway, let's go on to our product spotlight, which is our vial holder. Okay. 
So if you are familiar with these, we sold these for, I don't know, over a decade, I think. And they're basically like test tube racks. I think that's what they were officially. Um, so that you like slide the pieces in and out like this. They were real, actually really good for us because they were they would come collapsed. So you can see that, mm-hmm. how they come apart. They, they came collapsed, so they were like easier to ship. And they were smaller, more condensed and stuff. But, you know, if things got crushed really hard, they could crack in shipping. Or sometimes people would, like, have a hard time fitting them together because they're not the smoothest things. But they hold ink files, right? Um, So it's pretty convenient because you can just put it right in there. It's just about the right height. It keeps them spaced apart enough. You can label the tops or whatever if you want to be able to see them. It's, It's pretty convenient. So it was a good utility product. Um, sad that we don't have it anymore, but, uh, we wanted to replace it. So we did. So again, we sourced out our own. Now it comes in a box, which is nice. And we have classed it up. So I will have to take it out of the plastic and boom. So we opted for just the two rows instead of three. Oh, there you go. It was upside down. So the little logo little logo i say it's a pretty big logo we 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 didn't necessarily want to make it like the size of the entire thing but we needed that for the clarity since we have such a thin thin wording in our logo um but this is made out of like that um what is it plexiglass type material it's like a different type of plastic this stuff is like you can just see how like like flimsy that is this stuff is like much sturdier um it's still plastic and you can obviously like crack it and stuff like that but um yeah so this one, you know, it kind of sits there. It sits down a little, you know, it's a little lower sitting than that. And it just kind of, you know, does that. So pretty convenient. Um, yeah. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, you can still put like pens in here. Some people like to do that. It's basically a similar configuration uh, to what was on this one. It's just slightly more compact, more durable, looks a lot nicer. And uh, yeah. So this is what we're going to have for the foreseeable future because we're not carrying this one anymore. And, uh, yeah, you can get that one available now through the whatever future. All right. Would you like to talk about what's happening? Would you like to talk about what's happening? Because you're first on the list, Drew. Yes. What is happening? Uh, Hank issues, apparently. A a lot of vet stuff, yeah. So I I have three dogs now. Three dogs now. And yes, the oldest one, Dinah, is having mm. skin issues. She's got a bacterial infection. Ooh. So that was a whole deal. So she now has to have antibiotics and a bath every day for that two weeks. Awesome. I'm not excited about that. Like starting now? Starting today. Starting today. Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds interesting. Yep. Does she and- like... Is she compliant? No. Nope. Is it like a battle every nope. day? No, it's absolutely a battle. Mm. All every corgi we've had has hated bats. Oh gosh. So no, she she absolutely hates it. So and also drying them is really hard because corgis have an undercoat, so they don't yeah. need to be groomed, like trimmed, because they okay. shed naturally, but they have a really thick undercoat, so mm. they stay wet for so long. But you have to get them dry because you mm. can't let moisture sit on their skin. So a hair dryer is the best bet, but they hate that. Oh my gosh! So, so this is going to be like a, just a epic battle every day, every day for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So, and then Hank, the newest dog, sounds like a good opportunity for Archer to earn some points. Man, he would not do that. <laughs> not worth. I'd have to. Get that's him, that's rough. That, that'd have to be like an instant ten points. <laughs> um, and then Hank, our newest dog, who is um, only three, he came to us with an eye issue. We knew that he had dry eye, which means we need to, he doesn't produce tears in that eye. So we need to do drops every day, which is no big deal. 
But hmm. um, that eye got some sort of uh, ulcer in it. So that created a whole host of issues for him. Hmm. So he needed to go to the vet too. And then we think that due to the stress of that ulcer, he developed some digestive issues. Oh, no. And that has been a whole thing. Oh. And without going into details, it got to the point where we needed to take him to the emergency vet. And uh, Shannon, last Friday, tried to do that. She got to the emergency vet. They were unable to take him because of uh, staffing issues. Oh, no. So I started calling all around the Richmond area. And every place I got to either had to was was closed because of reduced hours oh. or did not have capacity because of reduced staffing. So wow. we had no place to take him. My gosh. So we had the closest one was Fredericksburg. And we're like, we're not. It's like an hour away. And I didn't even yeah. I didn't even call them because we didn't even know if that was a possibility. Right. So he just stayed back at home overnight and he was OK. Wow. We took him into our vet the next morning. But I saw an article recently that showed, yes, there is a shortage of emergency vets in the Richmond area wow. because of the staffing issues. And it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, it's like, I'm sure that uh, emergency vets are underpaid and have been seeking employment elsewhere mm. and they're probably not paid with the need to be paid. And I'm sure that their job is unfathomably stressful. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. You know, it's no different than, I mean, we've been seeing these issues with, uh, at pharmacies too. I don't know if you've ever, um, there's, um, the Walgreens up here, um, mm. on, uh, Parham and no, sorry, Staples Mill and Hungry. That one mm. only has pharmacy hours some parts of the week because they wow. can't find pharmacists. I have seen a lot of like hiring signs at pharmacies. Yeah. Know, well, retail like pharmacy is insane and wow. it's such a tough job and they get yelled at all the time hmm. and pharmacists don't make what they used to make either. Like that's, that's the, um. It's stressful too. Oh my God. So that's stressful. a stressful job. Absolutely. Yeah. So retail pharmacists, they're, they're struggling. So wow. it's, it's everywhere. Everybody knows about that's the rough. staffing shortages now, but hmm. yeah, Friday was rough for us because Shannon just felt like she was a terrible pet owner because she's got two dogs that are in, you know, not so great health. And I mean, but can't judge yourself for that. No, no, of happens, course. And you, you, know? you, you get bothered by that stuff because you care. And right. I'm trying to tell her this, but that's been, that's been mm. on her mind. But uh, mm. on the other hand, um, uh, my brother, did bring over his two corgis oh to have a gosh. corgi party. Five corgis. Five corgis in our house. What? On uh, Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, does it reach a point where you're just like, whatever, there might as well be a hundred because you can't hear anything anyway. And Pretty much. It's just madness. Pretty much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, I made pizza. Um, <clears throat> I made stuffed pizza, which is Ooh. like a pie, essentially. Like a okay, cheese. Okay, yeah. Like Not hot, like stuffed crust, but hot like, cheese pie. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, it's an in, in, hot cheese it, it, pie. Basically, that so sounds in a less cake, appealing for some reason. It does, but, yeah. You know. Hot cheese, yeah. But a uh, cake pan. So there's crust, cheese, okay. crust, sauce. Okay, yeah. So I, um, I dig that. Yeah, I, I haven't. I'm not. I don't love my recipe because I haven't figured it out. It's supposed to be like Giordano's pizza, right? Right. Um, but I haven't found either the right recipe for crust to make it nice mm. and biscuity like their crust is. Okay. And every store-bought crust does the job in terms of structural rigidity, but it just it's either got too much sugar in it so it burns quickly mm. or it hardens so fast around the edges that you basically can't eat it because it's hard and stupid. Oh. So, but still, it was still good. It was still good. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, corgi party. I, I got uh, – my, my brother uh, used the um, um, 
Quest 2 VR headset for the first time. So he got to, mm-hmm. you know, play with lightsabers and stuff on that. He really liked it. So it was nice. <laughs> it's always fun to see somebody experience that for the first time because they're just like, whoa. Yeah, that's wild. Um, he liked the mini golf game the most, though. It's very yeah. pe- very peaceful. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that being a good VR experience. It really is. The it's physics not- are good, too. The ball goes yeah. where it should for most golf part. is always like one of those like golfing video games that goes like way back i feel like that was like one of the earlier video games they yeah still make it like they're still making them yeah yeah that's true yeah i had a couple good golf games for like the regular nintendo back in the day that yeah. were pretty fun yeah mario golf like mario golf like, always yeah that's that, like one of the top like rated mario games out yeah there. i think they recently came out with a new one a i new think mario they golf. did yeah i think so, so there you go yeah. so that was basically it for me last weekend dog issues and dog party Wow, that's a lot of that's a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, it was. Dogs, yeah. Well, I've had a roller coaster of emotions myself as well. Um, kids, things, and insects. That's been my theme. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll start out with the insects. So it's that time of year. Yep. Um, it was actually on the pencast last year, as a matter of fact, where I talked about the invasion of insects coming into my house mm-hmm. is right around this time of year, similar situation. We had had a cold snap and then it's like kind of cold at night, but it gets up into like seventies during the day, which for whatever reason around this time of year, the Asian lady beetles, not ladybugs. It's different. Cause I remember I learned that from you, from you all, from our audience that that's what they are. But yes, that is a thing in the mid Atlantic region where we are this time of year. I mean, when I say they're invading, I am talking like they are invading, like hundreds of them in our house. Last year on the pencast, you could see them behind you sometimes. Yes, it is horrifying. Like they're not scary. Like they're not har- harmful or really. They're just they're dumb bugs. They're just flying around. Like <laughs> they don't bite. They don't like. They're kind of gross, I guess. But they like they look like ladybugs. But you still, know? you like, so like an oh, invasion okay. of any sort of yeah. fauna when they're like, when coming you, into your yeah, home. When you like walk to your front door and there are hundreds of them on the walls and ceiling and everything by your front door, you're like, that's disgusting. Yeah, as a homeowner, you're like, that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And am I doing something wrong? My kids absolutely hate bugs. So when there's like a swarm of them invading into the, and I'm not talking like we're leaving the doors open or anything. They like find any little crack they in the doors, will. windows, anything. So like, this is a theme for us anyway. And we've like had, you know, uh, Bob, what do you call them? Exterminators and all kinds of people come out and they're basically like, yeah, any crack, any degradation in like your windows or anything like they will find it and they will come in and they'll like nest in your windowsills and all this kind of stuff. They're basically like, you just have to like replace your windows and maybe that will do it. And I'm like, well, that is ridiculous. I'm not replacing my windows because of some harmless bugs. Do you have uh, um, mostly yeah. uh, wooden windows? No, they're vinyl. Really? You have all vinyl? Yeah. They're still getting in? They're still getting in. Dang it. Yeah. That, like that's ha- why it's like... I have like half and half. I still need to do like yeah. half my house in vinyl. So it's like there's nothing like super obvious as to why they would be coming in. Golly. But still, they just find a way in. And But I know from last year when we had this happen, it's like completely disgusting for a few days. Yeah. And then they'll kind of like wear themselves out. And uh, it's really just like on the front part of our house because we get like heavy afternoon sun. So it's like pretty much like right now, probably as we're recording this, Rachel's got the vacuum out and is having to like suck up hundreds oh. of bugs every, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Do the kids like not go to that part of the house? Are they like super freaked out about it? No, or? I mean, not with these bugs because- Are they just like whiny about they've it? They've been like getting into the house for years. Like when I had to change out my light fixtures and like our guest room closet and stuff like that, 
Oh my gosh. It was a couple like pounds of them in there. It was like, well, here's where they all ended mm-hmm. up, you know? And so, uh, yeah, so they're used to it, but it's just, they don't like it. It's annoying. And I don't know how many times I've had to like get up and go suck up a bug in the little vacuum thing. When Joseph is trying to sleep, they love his room for whatever reason. Oh. He's on like, he's in like the, the part of the house that gets the sun. And Have they ever like crawled reason. on him? Well, they like crawl into his room and they're like, well, he's know, never he's like woken up with one on his face or anything, right? Not that I'm aware of, right, well, no, but it's like, he doesn't like them, but now he's, I mean, he's almost 13. So now it's at the point where it's like, we just have, we call it bug jail. It's like a little handheld like vacuum. Oh, nice. That's yeah. bug jail. Cause that's like, okay, we'll spill crumbs and stuff. But it's like, I don't really care about that as much, right. but you know, the bugs. Yeah, yeah. They want to do that. So, um, yeah, he basically keeps that in his room and then he'll just like suck it up on his own. But for, you know, a solid decade plus, it was like every time there was a bug, he would get out of bed, come downstairs. Hey, can you right. get this bug? And it was like, oh my gosh, okay. After I've worked all day and everything and gotten the kids to bed, and then it's like, you know, ten thirty at night, eleven o'clock bug. or whatever. Ugh. There's a ladybug flying around on my light, and it's making noise, and it's crawling on my fan. And you're like, all right, buddy, let me go get okay. And then you just go do it because that's what you do as a parent. Uh, anyway, so they're invading our house, and uh, we are. Having fun with that. Um, also, I've had some yellow jacket adventures because it's that time of year as well. So that'll actually be our fun fact today as we wrap up. So yellow jackets? Learned a little bit about yellow jackets. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so yellow jackets are the worst and I hate them and they hate me and we have a contentious relationship. <laughs> um, but yes, so here in Virginia and in many other places, but yeah, especially like in the southeastern U.S., they um, like to burrow in holes in the ground. And then when you walk near them or mow your lawn or just exist, they want to attack you because they are Murderous. the spawns of Satan. Yes. So I was blowing some leaves over the weekend, which, by the way, Ellie has like been a champ with blowing some leaves. She's all about it. So, yeah, she's very motivated to do that. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. Game on. But now that I found these like yo jackets, I was like, uh, let's chill on that mm, for a minute. Yeah. Because what happens is they burrow into like they basically nest in like holes in the ground mm-hmm. where like whatever, some rodent or creature or stump or anything, literally anything, they'll just like find it and burrow in there. Um, and so then you it gets covered with leaves and then you go to blow the leaves and you disturb them and then they want to destroy you. Yep. And they are vengeful. So, um, thankfully over the weekend, I found two different, very active nests in the ground as I was blowing leaves. One of which is like right on the edge of our driveway that we like totally walk past when we go to get our mail and everything. So I was like, well, that can't happen. And the other one was like just randomly in the middle of the yard, like not near where anybody else goes, but I was blowing leaves and I blew the leaves and I saw a ton of them flying around and I was like, I mean, just back on out of here and come back to that later. Mm-mm. So I know now I'm prepared because I've done this before. I own a beekeeper suit. Yep. Because I've been attacked multiple times before. Yep. So I'm Did like. Did you get out the flamethrower? Okay. No, didn't do a flamethrower. That's for killing weeds. I don't do that with bugs because then I would like set my woods on fire and that would be bad. Yeah, but it would be satisfying. I mean, it would be gratifying in the moment. <laughs> yes. But then not when I like burn my house down. Um, no. So what I, I know what I need to do. Uh, They're not as active at night. So you basically right. got to just like let them chill, go do something else, come back at night. I suit up, which I probably don't need to at night because they're not that active, but whatever. Just be safe. So I'll go suit up. 
do a little spray underneath that like foaming spray kind of thing. And this time I tried something different. I tried covering the hole with like a bucket and I put a stone on top of it. So I was like, I'm going to spray it and I'm going to cap it off. That way none of them can get out or whatever. Or if there's other ones, I mean, they're all, the reason you do it at night too, not only can they not fly as well at night and it's usually colder and they're cold blooded. So they don't like fly very well. But they're also like all, they're all like nesting. They're all in there at night. Whereas during the day, they're like, right. they, they can fly quite a distance, which we'll get to in a second. But um, yeah, so did that, put the bucket over top of both of them. Next day, there's like tons of them flying around the buckets. I don't know what is up. They definitely didn't get out from under the bucket. But my guess is that there's either like another entrance or something because that can oh. happen sometimes. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find any. Or it was just other yellow jackets because here's another lovely thing about yellow jackets. When you kill a yellow jacket, it sends out pheromones that attracts more yellow jackets. So if you're like, not only if you're trying to swat at them, do they get more aggravated? But if you actually kill it, it sends a signal to other ones that are like, seek revenge and they'll attract more. So I think probably what was happening is there's probably other nests around, which look, it's just life, but I just don't want them in my space. So... Probably it's that when I sprayed the ones that were there, they're all like dying and stuff. They and are they're the probably worst. like sending out pheromones and there's probably other ones that were like, what is happening here? But, you know, anytime you're messing with their nest, they get like super agitated. So I like went over to walk and kind of check the bucket. And they were like, I got a video footage of it too. And it's like, there's like a dozens of them like swarming around. Evil. We'll put the, I guess we can put the footage over top. Yeah. I know the last, last time I did that, like freeze people out. So I don't know if we'll actually do it, but I figure I can show you, Drew. You can give them a warning. It's uh, yeah. So we will put some footage. If you do not like flying, buzzing uh, thing, I don't have any audio to it, but if you don't like the bugs, then um, you probably should not. Oh, do I have it on here? Oh, see, I got a new phone and I don't know if it transferred it or not. I may have to show you later. All right. Oh, darn, Drew. I don't have it on my phone right now, but whatever. I'll show you later. I'll just anyway, watch the pencast. There's a bunch of them all over the place. So I was like, let me chill. You know, it's a beautiful day yesterday, too. I was like, I want to be working outside. But I was like, if I do, I'm going to die. So um, I just waited, bid my time. And then I went back and sprayed them like three more times. Oh, my God. Didn't do the bucket thing this time. So when I get home today, I will get to see if there's a lady Asian beetle infestation in my house. And... If there's like a swarm of angry, like yellow jackets that I get to tend to two swarms because there's two different, two totally different locations where these ones are. So anyway, that's my life dealing with right now. It's just what you deal with in fall. So that's why I'm like, you know what? The older I'm getting, I kind of like winter a little bit more when all the bugs die. Same. It's kind of nice. I like don't mind that. So many reasons. You get to wear big baggy clothing and whatever. Anyway, so that's happening. Um, Less disgusting stuff, though. Uh, I'm talking about my kids. So Halloween's coming up. This might be our last trick-or-treating with my kids. Oh, that's right, because they're getting older. Joseph's like 5'9 now. He looks like more like an adult than a kid. Yeah. And, you know, his sister is really tall too. So they're going like to be almost like 11 and 13. Next yeah. year they'll be 12 and 14. Yeah. I'm like, this is a little beyond the age where you want to like walk around with your parents when you're like both your kids are basically taller than – Rachel, at you can this always point. do like so. um, games in the house. Yeah, um, we can like, still find like stuff to do. That's where you like go and do like party, you know, like like festivals and like that with, kind of a thing. I with think. Uh, 
since we didn't take him trick-or-treating in 2020 because of the pandemic, mm. um, we had him dressed up in his Mandalorian costume. And yeah. we sent him on bounty hunting missions around the house. Oh, fun. So, uh, and then he could, once he, you know, found the bounty or whatever, he could bring it back and we would exchange, he could um, earn coins and exchange mm. those in a little shop and he could buy little That's fun. candies and treats and stuff like that. So, I mean, you could always do something like that. You could find ways that they can still dress yeah. up as a character and then do some sort of game as that character. There that are, sounds fun. There are ways because they still deserve to have some fun if they want to. Yeah. See, for us though, like our neighborhood, it's really small, very rural. Yeah. There's no trick-or-treating happening in our neighborhood. Yeah. Plus you would get killed by yellow jackets. But um, <laughs> We're going to try so to do our neighborhood like, for the first time this year. We've really? Never, we've never done it in our neighborhood. Okay. We've always gone over friends' neighborhoods, yeah. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. We're going to like, all their friends live in like more of an actual neighborhood. Right. So like they'll go over there. So it's like if we don't, go out of our way to do something like Halloween is not happening to us where we live. Like, you know, I think like if you get past the age where you're like trick or treating as a kid, this is in the U S at least, but, um, you know, you can still like things are happening in your neighborhood yeah. and you can like hand out candy and you can still see all the people, you know, that doesn't happen for us. It's, it's not going to happen for me either because I still be like, haven't replaced my front porch lights. Oh gosh. They're still out. So, so people are going to be like, who's this Halloween Grinch? It's going to be an unwelcome home. Oh gosh. Yeah. Drew. Could set out a flashlight or something, uh, you know, do something. Nah, maybe. Nah, no. just <laughs> lean, lean, lean into it. Fine. Um, then, last thing I had so, uh, my kids started playing chess. That's been a recurring theme. That's right. They have kept up with it. Like, every night they've wanted to play. Have you gotten Rachel to play they yet? Had, I'm working on it. I know you I'm are. There's a crack in the door yesterday. Is there really? Yeah, I'm not joking. Okay, Rachel won't see this. Don't tell her. <laughs> I'm on a mission. This isn't a surprise. She knows. I've been pestering for years. Anyway, um, my whole my whole backstory to chess. So I learned how to play chess in like summer camp as a kid. I started when I was nine. So it was like my summer camp thing. But my parents didn't really know how to play or whatever. We didn't. I mean, my sister kind of did, but we didn't really play it much. So that was totally my thing. And I liked it. But then I kind of didn't really have many people to play with after that. So I like had like computer games back then. But that they kind of sucked, you know. So it's like I really didn't have like fun like chess opponents to play with basically since like summer camp since i was like probably 14 15 so i've kind of been waiting so you you like like you 23 years you like the game long enough to have had a longing for it yeah it wasn't like super active longing because like i guess i could have like played it in college or whatever but it's like you know i always liked the game but never enough to like be the champion to get other people into it because i didn't have that firm an establishment in it but i always enjoyed it whenever the opportunity presented itself you got excited yeah i'd be kind of into it yeah so now that the kids have expressed interest i'm like let me watch some youtube videos on this and kind of learn some more about this now oh my gosh what a rabbit hole there's so many like chess wow i mean chess has been around for a very long time very established like worldwide it's like it makes like even like rubik's cube stuff is like pales in comparison to chess tournaments and all a this lot kind of deep of stuff. dive opportunity yeah and i'm like ooh, this is too deep like i just want to learn like how to play some stuff so I watch videos about how like you know chess openings and you know stuff like that had some good recommendations from fans of ours to like hey check out this book check out you know this whatever thing so getting a little bit into it but i knew it was a milestone because my kids they're kind of good at it i was like i don't think it's gonna be too long before they can beat me well we hit a milestone already after a week. Did one beat you? They both beat me. They both beat you. Last and night. you were trying yeah. your hardest. I gave them some like, so I'm still, we're still in learning mode. I'm not like full on, like I'm going to destroy you mm-hmm. mode, you know, where you're like putting on that like face. Yeah. And like, I'm still like coaching them through it. We're talking through 
you know, I'm letting them make the decision about every piece they do, but I'm kind of like talking through like, okay, I'm going to move my piece here. See what that's going to do over here. So if you move this here and da, 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 and I kind of talk through and then I let them make the choice. So, so I'm you're still, still trying your still hardest, coaching. but you're also playing against yourself. But I'm not, way. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to give them this piece right. so that they can whatever, but no, legitimately they're doing some stuff and I'm like, oh crap. Like I do a move and then they like take it and I'm like, ah, I didn't see that. Mm. Dang it. You know, cause I'm not like that great at it, but you know, good enough. But yeah, they both legitimately last night, just last night, they both legitimately beat me and I was like high five and I'm like, I was nice. so happy for them, you know, and they were like all proud too. Cause like they've been playing it with like their friends, their cousin came over this weekend wow. and they played it with him. Okay. And so like, they've this been, is a thing in the been, like, playing each other now. Yeah. So there's like, that's why I'm like, you still playing on the Mario set? On Rachel still with the Mario set. Nice. It's the only chest that we own. Nice. But I found an app on my phone that I can like, you know, play it against the, you know, CPU, whatever. Uh, you know, if you knew somebody that was into woodworking, you'd think that you'd be able to get a set, a set <sighs> carved. I mean, see, I don't do any carving. You don't do any carving? I don't do any carving. It's just, it's, 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 I don't know. I could. Are you more into the, like the wood, like mathematical science and engineering aspect, less into the art aspect? I mean, the, the artistic stuff I've done has been like wood turning, like on a mm, lathe. Yeah. Um, carving is like, I mean, I'm not opposed to it or anything, but carving is like its own kind of sub yeah. sub niche, kind of like if you're into fountain pens, but there's like calligraphy with like Spencerian and crazy mm. stuff. You're like, oh, that's like a whole kind of like other thing. That's kind of what carving is in the woodworking world. Gotcha. You know, cause you can carve other stuff too, not just wood. You yeah. Know, like if you're a carver, wood is just like one of the one medium yeah. you can carve, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I've totally respect it but it's like the amount of time that it would take me to like learn how to do it well i don't know it's just it's one of the more tedious woodworking projects to have out there i'm sure i'm like yeah maybe i'll make it at some point but again when have i ever had incentive to do it before because no one's ever wanted to play so like why would i make a chess set and just build this time-consuming thing that then would just sit there and taunt me i bet you'd probably have an easier and more fun time with the board Oh, yeah, Doing yeah. the mixed, that I, mixed woods. That I could have fun with. Yeah. If I was going to do it, that's probably what I'd do. I'd, like, buy pieces yeah. and then make my own board. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. But even that's annoying because yeah. wood, ex- wood expands and contracts based on moisture, and it expands on its width more than its length. So when you make something into a checkerboard, it's incredibly unstable because you think, like, you're basically, like, constricting all It's expanding all these in every things. direction. Yeah, yeah. So you basically, in order to make a chessboard, you basically have to veneer it. So it's just, it's a lot more steps. It's pretty mm. complicated. It's a whole art form, but yeah, it's kind of annoying. I just haven't really done it. But anyway, it would be kind of cool. We'll see. One day, maybe, probably. I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. Awesome. All right, we got a quick company update and then we're going to wrap this sucker up. All right, well, we have some exciting videos that are going to be coming down the works. Um, we'll just tease those out a little bit. We're going to try and get one. Done this Wednesday, didn't quite cross the finish line. No, but it's going to be good when it does. Oh, it will be good. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Twisby won. Instead, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm probably just going to share our Halloween candy discussion from last week. So yeah. you can pass, you can skip that over if you've already seen it. But, yeah. uh, but I did like a comprehensive Twisby brand overview where I cover like basically every model in Twisby product. So that is epic and it's taking forever to review because there's a million different Twisbys and they all are very similar in some ways. So anyway, we'll get that out soon. Uh, but the more exciting thing that we have is we have an open position at Goulet Pens. That doesn't happen every day. On the marketing team. So for better or for worse, which is this human will be working with us. Which is, yeah, kind of our team. Yeah, it is. Not kind of. 
I mean, it is. Well, yeah. I mean, I I transcend. You're on single team <laughs> leadership team and this. But I'm heavily team, involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So like our um, morning meetings are with the marketing team. Absolutely. So basically, what this position is, you can check out the details on our site and apply there. Send people there who you know um, would be interested and qualified for it. Um, basically, we're looking for a marketing specialist. So it's essentially like a project manager coordinator type. So not somebody who's like video personalities necessarily like us, but somebody who's helping to kind of grease the wheels behind the scenes. There's a lot of details, a lot of timelines, a lot of bits of communication stuff that has to be kind of organized and and kept uh, moving along with our various video and photo projects. And uh, this is something that this person would focus on entirely is all the details and keeping things moving. So yeah, uh, should be pretty fun and interesting and uh, you know, mostly content creation kind of stuff that we are doing all related to fountain pens. So if you're into that or you know somebody who's into it, please apply. And we are um, accepting applicants right now as of this posting. I mean, the video posting, it won't be forever, but you know, at some point we'll fill the position, but this video will still be out is what I'm getting at. But anyway, if you're interested, please let us know. All right. And I think that's all we got for this week, Drew. That's it. That a little is shorty. It. A little it's shorty. A little shorty yeah. Fun size. But we will be back next week. Um, we will. So the the length, you know, you're going to have two fun size pen casts instead of that's right. an absence of one. Or you could mm-hmm. save this one up and watch the two back to back. If you're like, no, I want only an extremely long, drawn out pen cast, you can kind of get that. But this way, when you're doing the dishes, you'll be able to do them you know, maybe you won't have as much time to clean and do the dishes, mm. but you'll have you'll have enough time to get something kind of clean. I mean, hopefully it doesn't take an hour and 19 minutes to get your dishes done. That's a lot of dishes. Though I've done that. I washed dishes in college. That was part of my That's right. That's part of my job. Yeah. I've I've washed dishes for seven to eight hours straight before it uh gets old. No, thank you. Yeah. Anyway. Um Thank you for watching. Please give us some feedback about how we're doing. Ask us some questions in the comments and we will answer them, maybe. And you can check out Gulay Pens for all of the stuff that we talk about. Email us at pencast at gulaypens.com if you're an audio human. And my fun facts are about yellow jackets. They're kind of fun. They're kind ah. of gross. I just researched it a lot and I was like, well, we're just going to do this. Okay. So yellow jackets are the most aggressive this time of year um, because... Food sources are dwindling as the, like, cold weather is approaching. Mm, Makes sense. Uh, But their colony has been growing. So you kind of get, like, the worst of all worlds. More of them and less of food. Mm. Um, The entire colony will actually die off in the winter except for the queen. So didn't know that. They do not hibernate except the queen. Um, And the queen establishes a new colony every year in the spring. I did not know that. There you go. Uh, yellow jacket colonies can be anywhere from 1,500 to 15,000 wasps strong with a nest that can range in size from something that could fit in the palm of your hand to something that could fill the inside of a car and weigh over a ton. But most are around the size of a basketball. In the ground? Um, they can be in the ground. They usually – so there's different types of them, um, which I'm actually going to get to next. So the Vespula species – um, builds their nests underground. These are probably the ones that I'm dealing with. While the uh, Dolicovispula species usually have exposed nests. These are like, they're kind of like in the paper wasp family. So they'll usually have it like in a bush or like up in a tree or sometimes they can even like build them in like the walls of your house. Like they can find holes and build them like inside your house, which is just nightmare fuel. Um, that happens, I think, more like 
out west, you get more of those. I think the underground ones, the more ones you, well, the underground ones are terrifying too, because just the vibration from your lawnmower or you walking by can disturb them and they come out and attack you. That's what happened to me. With nothing visible. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, basically the worst and they're all terrible. Um, so they typically consume meat protein. So, and actually like their larvae actually consume protein, which is pretty unusual. Normally they just consume sugars like bees, you know, honey and sugar and stuff, but no, they consume protein because they are Satan incarnate. Um, <laughs> But they'll also turn to sugars, especially towards the late summer months, which is why you see them around like barbecues and picnics and these types oh, of things. Yeah. So anywhere where there's meat and sugar, which is like all the things that humans eat, oh. they will come and get super aggressive and be the worst and ruin everything. Um, <laughs> I was trying to be fair. Like, do they do any good? I mean, they do eat other pest insects. So especially if you garden and all that, they can eat other pests. Um, so Are that's they, kind of good. Don't they eat better pests? But they also eat honeybees and they also eat other things. They're Ooh. pretty indiscriminate. Um, and uh, to round it out, I said they're um, also the absolute spawns of Satan and they <laughs> feed on the joy of others and will attack without mercy with very little provocation. So, yeah, if we've um, covered one thing, I think we've covered that. There you go. That's my fun fact for today. About oh, that's not fun. So there you go. That's, mm. uh, you know, that's what we have around here in Virginia. But what are you going to do? Kill them, that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> Try to. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this one. We'll catch you on the next one. Right on. <laughs> <laughs>